Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Parents have special needs too, and I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. That the summer is going well. It's coming to a close. We're actually trying to sneak in a couple of other things. My husband is very determined to take us all to the Grand Canyon because we haven't all been as a family yet. We've been looking for like an outdoor activity that fits the capability of everyone in our family. So like going on a hike hasn't really worked out. Swimming hasn't really worked out. We tried doing some canoeing and that was all right. But we figured out that biking together works out great. We get a little trailer, hook it onto the back of my husband's bike, put the two little, the youngest kids in it. And then we bike together and we all love it. And so, this is so, so exciting. So my husband's like, look, we're all going up to the Grand Canyon. I'm gonna take you up there. We're gonna do some of the bike trails, see some museums. And it's great because this little bike trailer that we got converts into a stroller as well as hooks up to the bike. So then we can go into all the places and you guys, it feels like freedom. It's awesome. So I'm actually recording this podcast here. And then after that, I'm gonna go out and ride bikes with my family. So. I'm excited about that. Anyway, so today I wanted to talk about on what episode? This is episode 56. Woohoo. So I want today I want to talk about self-compassion. And this has been, I think, one of the greatest themes that I have learned through the many struggles that I've had in my life. And I've noticed that as a default, I kind of have this tendency to really berate myself in my mind to myself about all of my failings and in all the places where I think I should be better and think I should be doing better. Um, And that's really easy to see when being a mother and being a parent is, is really, I guess the failings of it feels, at least for me, amplified when my children are struggling so much because their struggle becomes my struggle and I struggle intensely with it some days and on those days it just I am not up to par to where I would want to be and so it becomes extremely easy to berate myself and tell myself how awful I'm doing and I read this book called Self-Compassion by Kirsten Neff and if you have not read it. I highly recommend it. Great, great stuff in there. And she does too, or did actually have a child that had special needs. And so I found it very connecting to be able to read about her experience. But what I want to share with you today are some of the lessons and some of the things that I have learned through my personal experience and how I've learned to use self-compassion as a way to nourish myself and to help myself come to a place where I can help myself come to a place where I can hold space for my weaknesses and not totally give myself a verbal tongue lashing. Okay, so if you're struggling with that kind of a thing, this is the place for you, I've got you. So I wanna start with a little bit of a definition of what I'm saying, what I mean when I say, Self-compassion. So self-compassion is the ability to hold space for your own humanity and my experience of other people's humanity. And when I say humanity, I mean the qualities that make us human, both the good and 
the bad or the positive and the negative, the things that impact us and bring goodness into the world and the things that impact us and bring the opposite of goodness in the world, okay? Struggle and suffering. Um, And so those things, those qualities can look like love, humility, forgiveness, kindness, mercy, sympathy, joy, creativity, wonder, excitement, selflessness, trust. I mean, it could go on, right? And then on the flip side of that, hostility, anger, deceit, jealousy, frustration, heartbreak, pain, both pain that I've experienced that's been inflicted on me and pain that I have inflicted on other people, Uh, weakness, fatigue, selfishness, distrust, and so on. The whole of humanity is what I'm talking about here, and it's making a space for all those things, the things that we like that we did, said, and thought, and the things that we didn't like that we did, said, and thought. So I'd like to illustrate what self-compassion can look like for ourselves by actually referring to a story that I grew up learning from the New Testament. And it's about when Christ is at the temple and some Pharisees bring a woman to him, basically to ask him to make a judgment on her, a judgment call. She was caught in the act of adultery and they're bringing it and saying, hey, you know, what? What, what do you think we should do with her? The law of Moses says we should do this. What do you think we should do? Initially, Christ doesn't answer them and just stoops down in the sand and is drawing some lines in the sand and then stands back up and basically says, hey, you that is without sin, you can cast the first stone. And then everybody leaves, right? And then it's Christ and the woman left alone. And he says, woman, where are your accusers? Has no man condemned thee? And she's like, oh, no. No, they haven't. And then Christ says, neither do I condemn thee. Go. What I think is impressive about this interaction is the withholding of condemnation. And condemnation is very strong disapproval or even an idea that you should be severely punished for what you've done. Now, I'm not really going to get into when someone should or shouldn't be punished or any of that. What I'm talking about here is when we are making mistakes, mistakes that maybe we know that we don't want to do, say in our parenting, in our marriage, in our daily life. And we immediately come to a place of, I shouldn't have done that. I know better. All of these phrases of disapproval, of condemnation. I think what this story is getting at is that that's not even a part of the process here. Nobody is without mistake. Nobody is without huge error. And so who are you to cast the first stone, to condemn someone else for their great weakness when you yourself cannot cast a stone from a place where you also have no weakness? Like none of us are in a position to do that. And it's interesting if we take this perspective where I'm, I'm not going to be doing that to someone that I love and I really care about. So why am I doing that to myself? That is the challenge of learning self-compassion. We treat ourselves like we would treat nobody else. We put ourselves under constant criticism. You should have known better. You should have done that. We belittle ourselves. We have abusive self-talk. I'm such an idiot. That was so stupid. 
I'm so ashamed of who I am and what I did. I'm awful. These kinds of phrases. And I'm sure that you can identify your own ones. But you know which ones I'm talking about. Now listen, if you want to grow and change, you will not do so in a repressed state. And I'm not talking about what anyone else is doing. I'm talking about how you are repressing yourself, how you're belittling yourself. That is where it starts. If you're willing to go with me and you're willing to give that up, then you can create a space of nourishment. You can think of it like a simple little plant, right? If you give the plant good food and water and sunlight, then it will grow. If you pull it out of the sunlight, you don't water it, you don't make good soil for it, it's gonna wither, it's gonna die. We're not so different. And the thing is, is that so many of us are waiting for somebody else to come and push us in the light and tend to our soil and give us water. And I wanna give you permission today that you don't have to wait. Because what you might be waiting on is a bunch of other withered plants that don't actually have the capacity to help you. But I want you to know that even if you feel you're withering away, you have what it takes to step into the light, to give yourself a little bit of water and improve your soil. If we're gonna keep going with the plant analogy here. Now the question I have for you is, are you willing to really, really suck at it? Because self-compassion isn't something that you either have or you don't have. It's something that you develop, something that you practice. And when you are developing or practicing something, you're going to practice, you're going to try and fail and try and fail and try and fail until you start to succeed a little bit at a time till you succeed more than you fail. But you got to keep trying. Okay, so how do you do this? How do you, how do you develop self-compassion? I think there are many ways in which you could do it, but this is one that I have found to be easy and hard to wrap your mind around at the same time. And it comes from this story or this analogy of Christ and this woman caught in adultery. And it's this, you draw a line in the sand and you say, no more. You draw a line in the sand and say, no more abusive talk. No more abusive self-talk. No more self-belittling thought, talk, or behavior. No more I could have, should have, or wish I would haves. No more I knew better, or I should have known better. No more saying to yourself the things that you would never say to someone that you love. Things that you would never say to your child. You draw the line in the sand. And there will be moments when habitually you cross that line. But when you notice you're on the other side of that line, hop back over to the other side. No more. I'm not going there. And you make a commitment to it. That's the action that you take. And then from that space, you practice. If I was taking care of myself, like I'm going to take care of my child or like I'm taking care of someone that I really love and feel responsible for, what would I tell them in this moment? You probably wouldn't say, you're such an idiot. But you might say something like, I can see that you're really trying. And we all make huge mistakes sometimes. And that's okay. But I've got you. You're going to get this. Let's try again. 
So in your daily life, it might look something like it does in mine, where I haven't had enough sleep, I wake up the next day, and almost the whole day, I'm on a short fuse. The kids are crying, they need me, they didn't get the sippy cup that they wanted, they didn't make it to the toilet in time, and now we have a wet potty mess everywhere. They're sad just because they're sad, and we don't know why. And on my good days, I want to be able to show up and be like, hey, I got you, this is okay, this is good. But I don't. I lose it. Just stop crying, okay? Just stop it. I can't handle this. Things like that. And then I start to think, "Ah, I wish I was better. I should be better. I'm doing such an awful job right now. And that's the moment that you draw the line in the sand and you go, no, look, I got you. I know you're tired. You had a rough night. And you're really kind of botching it right now. And that's okay. And you can start over right now in this moment. So let's take a deep breath and let's try this again. Maybe we all just need to sit down and cry together and then we can get up and we can go get that sippy cup. (laughs) Go eat that food. That'll help us all feel a little bit better. These are the kinds of small, small narratives, the small and simple narratives that can really shift you from a place of self-criticism to self-compassion. So try it on. Let me know how it goes. You guys got this. Until next week, take care.